Well, thank you very much for that very informative presentation, Dr. Lim. We are okay. now we are now going to begin our Q and A. Um, the I'm sure we're gonna have plenty of uh, um, questions from the audience. Would be my guess. Um, and I have some questions too. We have about uh, 13 minutes. So um, before we do, if you have any uh, places that people can go to check out your, uh, you know, if you have a website or, or social media so people can follow you, learn more about you. Yeah, I, uh, the vast majority of the work I do is through the McDougal program currently. It's, um, I've been medical director now eight years. I see all, all my consultations um, through them. You can arrange a new patient consultation and determine whether uh, maybe our 12-day program um, uh, is um, a good fit. Yep. And uh, we, we also have a free McDougal program. Um, and uh, in those consultations, I sort of assess patient suitability um, for the 12-day program. Um, I will just say one of the benefits that patients have appreciated of the 12-day program is because then they're a patient for life. And so every week, part of my schedule is seeing patients who have done the program as recently as one month ago to 20 years ago, <laughs> over 20 years ago, for follow-up. And what they say is that it's really hard to find medical doctors who you can trust these days. And so what, what I bring is a belief in the pillars and foundation of lifestyle medicine as the core, um, but then also open, I'm an MD, right? Open to the benefits of medicine as a secondary, medicines in surgery, as a secondary measure for when lifestyle has um, not fully helped a person. So, you know, it's, it's bringing both those worlds together rather than what patients feel, which is the reflex within the medical establishment to clean up the puddles while failing to address the root cause and turning off the faucet. So that's the best way to access me is through, is through the McDougal program. All right, great, thank you for that. So we're now gonna open up our live Q&A session. So um, I'll be asking questions if, you know, if there's not audience questions, I see one already. Um, and then we will, um, you know, and then we'll go from there. So real quickly, we'll be, uh, let's see here. Um, we don't take questions from the uh, from the chat directly. What we'll do is ask the audience to raise their hands in Zoom. To do that at the bottom right of Zoom, second to the right, actually, you'll see an icon called reactions. You'll click on that and then you'll select raise hand. Okay. And we will not, or excuse me, we will then take questions in the order in which we receive them. When it's your turn, I will unmute you prompt you to state your uh, where you're from and ask your question. We ask that everyone keep their questions brief and on topic. We will then mute you in order to give everyone a chance. Um, we'll ask that you just ask a, a single question without follow-up. And if there is time, then you can go ahead and raise your hand again and get on the back of the line. And if we have time, we'll answer that as well. So I see we have a question from Wendy. So... Wendy, please state where you're from and ask your question. Hello, I'm calling in from uh, Boca Raton, Florida. It's so gorgeous Ooh. out here. Uh, my question is, so let's say you're trying to get rid of an addiction. For me, it's a coffee addiction. And I feel like you caught me. That coffee and vegan sweetener is like, mm. it's a real addiction. 
So you're trying to release something from your body and then it gets caught up in your bloodstream, recycles and makes you crave that very substance. So how do you break that um, cycle? Yeah, uh, so great question, Wendy, and gets to the heart uh, of a lot of the conversations I have with my patients. The very first thing is, what you've already shown that you're moving towards, which is awareness, right? You, you cannot cure or fix what you are not willing to acknowledge and accept. And it may seem sort of second nature that you've already acknowledged it, but for many, their ego, right, stands in the way. It is very hard for people to acknowledge what Carl Jung calls the shadow, and the shadow is that aspect of ourselves that doesn't like to be those parts of ourselves that they are who part of who we are, but we don't want to acknowledge or accept it. And so we deny it and repress it. So you, the more that you can bring to light the truth of your dependencies on things like those vegan creamers and the coffee, that is gold. Okay. And, and so what I encourage you to do is now take that awareness and then start to notice also just kind of kind of sink in like, huh, I'm feeling that urge for that coffee with creamer. Like what, what am I experiencing? What's going on inside? What, what emotions am I feeling? And maybe who knows? I mean, this is kind of part of the process. You may notice that you're feeling whatever a sense, like I deserve it. I deserve a treat or I deserve something like some, some pleasure or something. And you just start to notice what the emotions are that arise. And then, and then really with that, with that awareness of the behavior, the habit, the emotions that are rising is starting to ask yourself, is there another way that I can meet this need of mine or these emotions of mine or this restlessness of mine or this stress or anxiety of mine in a way that does not involve this food, which I know to not be serving my long-term interest? That's, that's the, the core question. It's sort of replacing with something not that, that, that can meet that need. And so, for example, um, I mean, there's so many, it, this is again, where the uniqueness of each person comes out. Um, I'll just give you some examples though. Uh, some people it's meditation. Uh, some people it's prayer, uh, for prayer is a huge one for, for people from whom spirituality, uh, going for a walk um, in, you know, ideally in nature. There's so much in terms of studies about the effect of nature in terms of stress coping, um, playing music or singing songs, talking to someone who you trust, um, uh, you know, journaling, my journal, right? Pages and pages. <laughs> this is, you know, where a lot of my thought, all of these, it has to be something that is aligned with the, the, the direction that you want to head in. Right. But that's kind of where it is, you know, it's awareness and it's sort of saying, setting an intention for a, a different kind of behavior that you're going to engage in when that craving comes up, right? And then it's actually putting it into action. And then it's reflecting on it, seeing, hey, how did that go? And maybe, you know, it doesn't work all the time, but over time, it starts to get better and better and better. And you find those set of behaviors that suit you uh, more and make you feel more whole. Great. Thank you, doctor. Our next question is coming from Bobby. Bobby, please state where you're from and ask your question. Hi, yes. Um, my name is Bobby and I live in Chicago. 
I'm happy to say that the weather is nice right now. <laughs> um, and I have just enjoyed your presentation so much. I really appreciate also at the beginning that you talk about uh, that it's a dietary journey. And I feel like I've definitely been on that. Um, and now I don't have sugar, salt, um, oil for the most part, flour. Um, and, but one thing that I'm working on is my blood pressure. So your, the transformation stories that you shared, super, super inspirational. And I'm hoping to eventually be free of blood pressure medication. Um, also, a couple of years ago when I was first diagnosed with high blood pressure, uh, the doctor did a Echo 2D Doppler um, test. I don't know what you call that, but um, the left ventricle was normal in size, but there was moderate left ventricular hypertrophy. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just wondering, is that something that over time that can reduce, you know, like, can it go back to normal or is that something that is permanent usually? Um, I think that it's very possible that it could improve. Okay. Um, I think it's unlikely that your um, left ventricle ventricular hypertrophy would, you know, basically return to its sort of original state. Um, but I, we know uh, from the studies that cardiac health can be improved, you know, the works of Dr. Ornish and, and Dr. Esselstyn and, and all the pioneers who have come before us. Um, but oftentimes in those studies, it's not that it, you know, it's not that age old plaques disappeared, right? There may have been some plaque reversal, but some of it was just so, so almost like scar tissue. And so I would say the goal is not in your mind, I would, I would sort of reframe the goal. The goal is not that I, you know, no longer have left ventricular hypertrophy, but the goal is that I make a, a significant enough change to the way I'm eating and my overall lifestyle that I can cure myself of high blood pressure because the high blood pressure is why you develop the left ventricular hypertrophy in the first place. And then by addressing it at that root cause level, now my heart's not going to have to be working as hard. The left ventricle is not going to become as, um, you know, hypertrophied. Maybe it'll even relax a bit and uh, diminish in thickness a bit. And uh, I can rest easy in the fact that I'm doing everything I can to optimize my overall uh, cardiac health and minimize the likelihood of suffering a premature heart attack or stroke um, or other cardiovascular event in the future. And I think that's a a realistic, very um, doable goal. Great. Thank you for that answer, doctor. So one quick question, because we just have a minute or so yep. left. Um, you mentioned cholesterol left uh, less than 150 is ideal. Um, we, we've had different doctors on thus far. Um, this morning, we had uh, Dr. Gabriel Cousins, who thinks that, uh, that the research shows that cholesterol should be higher for brain health. Mm -hmm. um, where do you stand on, on, on that? What, are, what, is, what does the research show with regard to cholesterol for heart and, and then also cholesterol for, uh, for mental functioning as well? Well, I would be interested. I mean, if there's actually research that shows that higher cholesterol has led to better brain health, I, I have not, I've not seen that study. Um, and I will say that just in my experience and based on the research that I've seen that the people uh, mo most of the time who are eating the, you know, the a very clean whole food plant-based diet, what we see is dramatic drop in total cholesterol, um, oftentimes uh, down to uh, less than 150. But I'm also careful, uh, there, 
there's a small percentage of patients, I'd say like, you know, I don't know the exact number, but if I just had to roughly guess like, you know, 10% or less, who despite eating an optimal diet, um, uh, plant-based diet are still might have these high cholesterol levels. Um, and I, in their case, theirs may be genetic. I will say in all my years, I haven't had a single one of these end up having a cardiovascular event. And it's a reminder not to let any one thing become the end all be all right. Cardiac health is the composite of so many factors, including our BMI, our blood pressure, our blood sugar levels, our stress levels. Um, we even know that, uh, you know, how connected we are, uh, impacts our cardiovascular health, whether we have depression or not. So, um, just kind of having that perspective that, uh, I've told these patients, I've literally told some patients who have these high cholesterol levels years and years, and they're, they've made their whole life focus on this. I said, I think maybe you need to stop checking your cholesterol level. You know, you're, you're doing everything right. And it, everything else looks good. So I would start to let that, let, let that go. And that's brought them a great peace of mind. So I still generally subscribe that, you know, off medication, the lower you can, the better. Um, and I haven't seen research to suggest that you want, you actually want higher cholesterol levels for uh, brain health. Um, but that's just my experience. Okay, great. So with that, that concludes our Q&A, and we really appreciate all the information that you gave and your and your perspective on holistic health. So real quickly, I'd like to give everybody in our audience the opportunity to share their appreciation with you. We're going to open up the mics, and you're going to hear a whole cacophony yeah. of thanks. Yeah, they're Thank you, Dr. Lim. Oh You're awesome. Love you. Great hike. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Yeah, it's a little crazy. Yeah. All right. I'm very, I'm very filled by your love. Thank you. Mm -hmm.